Blog Talk Radio. Give me the Placid Dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod yeah. and get ready for some magic. What an awesome eat! Yeah. I got one! Oh, damn, I got him, you got it. I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. That means beer pour means it is time for another edition of Kayak Fishing Radio. I am your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. I shall be joined shortly by my illustrious co-host, Captain Alex Gritschke. And tonight stands to be a very, very uh, interesting show, one that we've been anticipating for a little while. Uh, Tonight we shall be speaking with Sergio and Mark from Old Bahama Bay Resort. Uh, very excited about that. Um, going to bring you guys some information on uh, Old Bahama Bay and uh, what all those guys are up to as far as making kayak fishermen's dreams come true. I see we've got uh, Barrett Fine is there in the chat room. We had a guest in there a minute ago. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the show and you're not logged into the chat room, feel free to do so. That will give you the opportunity to ask questions, chat amongst yourselves, um, just kind of follow along with the show. And as always, if you have anything you'd like to add, any questions you'd like to ask, feel free to give us a call at, oh, that's not the number, 714-816-4727. 714-816-4727. Uh, I see Barrett logged out. I'm hoping that my audio is working. We shall we shall find out. Anyhow, um, it is raining here in Central Florida once again. It's been raining here in Central Florida for quite some time. Um, let's see. Yep, that's correct, Mark. Okay, no computer. Just call in and listen over the phone and talk as needed. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so there you go. Yeah, it's been raining. It's been kind of crummy. Uh, did get a weather window last week. Was able to sneak out, not on the kayak, but Barrett, can you hear me, buddy? I'm just checking to make sure somebody can hear me. Um See you log back in again. Here comes Captain Alex. What is going on, brother? All right, all right, all right. 
So I was just saying uh, last week on Thursday, got a little weather window, was able to sneak out and do some fishing. It wasn't by way of kayak. It was by way of uh, 39-foot yellowfin. But uh, got into some yellowfin tunas, some blackfin, some skippies, and had a great day. Most of you guys have probably been inundated with my Facebook posts as of late of me eating fresh yellowfin. I apologize. No, I don't. It's delicious. Um, But it is all gone. So sad day here at the Levi residence. We'll burn through all that pretty quick over the weekend and uh but oh it's good. It's so good. Anyhow. Makes me want to go down and do a South Florida trip and to get some black fins. You know, I'm ready. I am ready. Gotta get down there now because this is when they get the good size ones. Later in the summer, they're just small. Yeah, I like to get some of them big, fat, chunky models like I got when we were on the other side of the stream. That would be, uh, those are ideal, big, fat bastards. Yeah, I like that black fin, man. I think it's better than yellow fin, personally. They are tasty. There's no doubt. Very good. They are definitely delicious. I didn't do a side-by-side comparison this time, but... uh, they are definitely tasty. If you put, honest to goodness, if you if you put two of them side by side, you can see a little bit of a difference in the meat. But um, I don't I don't discriminate. I'll eat either one. <laughs> I'll I'll take either one. Heck, I'll eat the, the skipjacks too. They're not my favorite, but I'll I'll eat them as well. So, but um, what's new and exciting with you, bro? Fish, 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 and more fish. I think I've fished like uh, 24 of the last 30 days. Nice. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. It's been a lot of days. Good stuff, though. Huh. It seems ready like for the, the boat, chat man. window. Yeah, ready for the boat. Seems like our chat window is all black. What Barrett Fine just told me. He can hear us, but the chat room is out of commission apparently. Thanks, Blog Talk Radio. You guys are awesome. Every yeah, time right. you know, it seems it seems like we can't get through a month without something being screwy, whether it be in the control panel or in the chat or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all good. So folks, I apologize if you're not able to do use the chat room. Feel free to give us a call if you can hear us and you just want to kind of follow along with the show that way. Um, Again, that number is 714-816-4727. The guys will be giving us a shout from OBB around 810. So we have a little bit of time here to to kill. Um, Yeah, rain, more rain. Is it going away this week or what? Uh, I think after uh, a day or two, and uh, uh, kind of kind of um, heightened moisture in the atmosphere, which might give us a little extra rain. Um, but then after that, I think we're actually getting ready to settle into our summer pattern of afternoon thunderstorms. Yay! Yay! 
there is much rejoicing. Well, the afternoon thunderstorm comes calm mornings with west winds and easy going. And hopefully tarpon on the beach. Oh, they're coming. I like it when the tarpon I think, show up. I think I think we'll probably be supposedly supposedly they have been getting them north of Sebastian. So really? I think if if that's true intel, meaning not BS, that there is a potential that sometime in this next week or next, there is going to be some tarpon showing up. For those that are wondering, yes, we do have tarpon here almost all year round, but those are not the tarpon we speak of in any way, shape, or form. No. These tarpon would eat those tarpon. Like literally probably would be one of the best things for them. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Sending out like a little like pound and a half. Oh, dude. A oh. little pound and a half, two pound baby tarpon. <laughs> Big circle hook in its nose. Oh, my goodness. Call PETA now. Yeah. You know, I, I'll digress, though. There we go. There's a good caveat right there. Because there's a lot of speak and grumble uh, in our neck of the woods here, particularly up towards the Mosquito Lagoon area, about... Uh, looking at wanting to go to a catch-and-release fishery. And some people are all about it, and some people are not. What say you, Chuck? I think I just tried to call Mark. Mark's. I think Mark's on the line right now. Uh, what's oh, the, what they meet? <laughs> Mark Wilson, are you there, sir? Hey guys, yes I am. How you guys doing? Doing good, sir. Doing good. How are you on this yep. dreary evening? Oh, just doing fine. Nice humid afternoon on the back porch here by the tiki bar. N- nice, chilling out by the tiki bar. We also have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sergio. Joining us from OBB. What is going on, sir? Hey, fellas. Thank you for the introduction. That's uh, that's more of a compliment than I expected. Hey, man. <laughs> we wrapped. Me and you wrapped on the back of an 80-foot Viking. So you get, we you did get a wrap special for introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you guys uh, were also wrapped re- on the porch. What's that? I, said, I heard you guys were also wrapping down on the porch. Oh, it was yeah. We wrapped on the porch probably too. I don't really remember a whole lot about the porch. I was anyway. Uh, so Alex, Alex just posed the question: What say me or what say what say Chuck about the uh, the possibility or the idea of making our fishery a catch and release only fishery? Uh, let me answer that really? before we move on to Here, the hold on. OBB. Let me, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase that. So yeah. 
where do I want to completely rephrase all like that is wasn't even the question. That was the wrong question. One hundred percent. You know, where do we as fishermen wanting to be ethical fishermen but still wanting to eat yummy tasty treat tunas, where do we draw the line? You know, is it a localized fishery in distress? You say hold off on these? Or do you go the whole, you know, because there's certain people in our walk of life, and, and, and Mark, this might even be a question that you could even ch- chime in on. There are people in our walk of life that say, kill it all, you know. And then there's people like me that are a little selective. I don't typically, I don't take any, I don't, you know, I, I catch and release on all my charters in the lagoon. But if I catch a triple tail or a dolphin or a covia or a blackfin or a what have you, you can insert here a lobster, that thing is going on ice instantly, you know, where I, I don't know. I was I was I was entertaining a philosophical deba- debate in, in the face of our lovely conversation we're going to have. Well. I'll I'll jump on into that one real quick, and then uh, I'll see we'll see what Mark has to say, and then we'll move on to the uh, the conversation at hand, which would be the uh, Old Bahama Bay Resort. So, in in a time when we are literally trying to fight to save an estuary that is in the midst of collapsing, I would say that any angler that has any kind of uh, wherewithal about the future that we're trying to protect for not just us, but for our children and such, to be able to enjoy the fishery, should want to catch and release. Forget about the fact that there was hundreds, uh, I mean, sorry, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of gallons of raw partially treated sewage dumped into our lagoon system over the past like I don't know 30 years um, if you count all the septic break I mean all the uh, sewer breaks and all the leaching and all the dumpage and all the releases quote unquote air quotes um, I don't know that I'd want to eat anything out of the river anyway um, I certainly wouldn't want to eat anything out of the river now and it has more to do with I just don't really want to catch anything out of the river um, I'm trying to, as I told Sergio earlier on a phone conversation, I haven't fished the Indian River, Mosquito Lagoon, or the Banana River in almost six months. And honestly, it's because I just, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to fish it because I don't want to just put the added pressure on these fish and, and beat up the, the limited existing stock that we have left. And, you know, I, to each his own on that one. I mean, and I get it as far as a charter captain like yourself, Alex, or, or you know, a diehard recreational angler is concerned. It's not an easy – that's not, it's not even an option in a lot of cases. But for me, personally, I mean, I've got so much going on at the home front and everything else that it's, it's a little bit easier for me to not mess with it. But I, I think that the Mosquito Lagoon – forget about the Indian River, Banana River. I think that the Mosquito Lagoon itself – should be and could be made catch catch and release only, and um, I think in a, in a short amount of time, two to three years, I think we'd see a huge influx in numbers of fish, uh, especially if if 
people know it's catch and release only. And uh, they release those trout that, you know, it, they're hard to find now. The big breeder trout aren't in the areas they're supposed to be in. The breeder redfish, who knows if they're going to show back up again in the schools they once did and that kind of thing. So I don't know. Mark, what say you? Yeah, that's a, that's a touchy subject. But I do have uh, – let me play double advocate and, play, and talk on the other side of that. You know, whenever they raise the fishing license prices, this and that, you always get people complaining and revolting that, hey, it's my right to go catch dinner. You know, how dare you make me pay a tax just to go fishing? You know, I think that if you uh, invoke some kind of catch and release only, I think you're going to like the Boston Tea Party all over again. Um, If you're a professional, you know, it's your business, absolutely, you want catch and release because you're not into conservation. That's your livelihood. Um, You know, if you're – there's some guys, you know, like why you do my why I work those gigs over at Bass Pro Shop? You know I talk to all kinds of guys, and uh, you got some guys that can barely afford tackle, and they're saving every penny they can to go buy a fierce pen, you know, reel for fifty bucks on sale. Um, for those guys, you know, they got to justify that expense to their family, and then, you know they they say they want to go put food on the table. You know, when I'm talking to guys that go and buy the eight hundred dollars Stella, we're talking guys that are buying the cheap low end stuff that you know they just want to get out and go catch some fish. You know, and they're saying, you know, I want to go put a fish on the table. That's that's, that's what they want to do. So, um, yeah. you know, personally, the only thing I eat is, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of spoiled, you know, I'm just going to eat the swordfish, the tuna, because I get access to higher quality game fish way offshore. But I'm not getting anything out of this river because the river is absolutely disgusting. But remember a couple of years ago, uh, people were eating all the damn blowfish out of, out of the river and dying. And they had to put a ban on blowfish just cause, to protect people from themselves. That's where natural selection comes in, I guess. But uh, yeah. you jump over to the Bahamas, and they eat everything. You know, I'm throwing barracudas back over there, and they're coming up and touching me. Hey, why are you throwing those barracudas back? Please don't ever do that. Bring them to me. I'll, I'll eat those. That's, that's a dinner for me, you know, for the week and my family. So, um, you know, it's, it's got to be a moderation, but you can't just take that right away from people. It's, I think it's a personal, personal decision if you're going to catch and release or harvest that fish. Yeah, I mean, I do know that there are some freshwater estuary, or freshwater tributaries and estuaries where uh, it is catch, catch and release only. Like, I think the stick marsh is catch and release only. I don't think you're allowed to keep fish out of the stick marsh. Um, but, you cannot catch any you know, yeah, bass for catch and release only there. Like, you, you can take yeah. um, other species out of there. Okay. So, but you know, you know what I mean? So, I mean, there may be a way to put a moratorium on specific species in specific areas. It would be hard to, well, the, the, let's get down to brass tacks and be honest real quick. And we, we do definitely need to move on, but um, they're ne- they could ever enforce it. They can't enforce what they got on the books now. There's not enough there's not enough FWC officers to cover the area we got now. So even if you even if they said it and said, oh, this catch and release only in the Mosquito Lagoon from let's just say New Smyrna to the South End. Excuse me, which to me would make the most sense. As far, if there were to be a catch and release only, but again, it's not going to be enforced because there's not enough officers to enforce it. So there's that. Uh, cool. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into the Old Bahama Bay Resort, and we're going to welcome back Sergio. Sorry for that little tangent we just went on. Sometimes that happens. Um, man, listen, I have. Folks, those of you who are listening, you guys know I, I had the, the honor and privilege of going over and hanging out at Old Bahama Bay for almost a full week with uh, the guys from Jackson Kayaks. 
um, and JK Media House and uh, Jen Ripple from Gun Magazine, and I was blown away. Uh, I described it to Sergio as I fell in love with the place and the people and literally the, the environment that's there. So without further ado, please feel free, sir. Uh, tell us as much as you possibly can about um, Old Bahama Bay and kind of kind of how you kind of came to work there and uh, kind of what the plans is, what the plan is. Well, uh, I think it was uh, it was good that I just jumped in and listened to that a little bit because, uh, you know, I, I, I live in the Jensen Beach area and we have some of the same issues that you all have. And like Mark uh, was just saying, uh, over there, the conservation is, is at its very infancy. So you go to you go to Bahamian towns and resorts, and uh, immediately you see the, the jet skis running around. And when I first went over to Obama Bay, that was the first thing I thought of. You know, how do we get more people in here? We need to get volume. Is my my initial thought. And I, as I got to appreciate it, like we were talking about earlier, it's just a beautiful place with beautiful people. And I think it, it needed a little bit more thought than that. I was uh, lucky enough to, to meet Mark early on. Mark was there. You've been there 13 times now, Mark, this past year? Yeah, two, yes, last year, 13 trips. Okay, so uh, 13 trips. I think Mark likes it over there. Um, <laughs> and and over conversations, you know, him and he, he, I – I think we were just looking out into the water off the beach, and you know, I, I think I said to him, you know, I, I don't know about these jet skis. And he looks at me, he looks at me with this uh, passion. We can't let jet skis over here. <laughs> and uh, it, it kind of uh, brought home, I guess, at the moment. And that's when I started realizing that that we need to, we needed to protect protect that area to, to make sure everybody's getting that experience. Um, Old Bahama Bay is, is a beautiful place. I mean, it's a it's the closest point of the Bahamas to the continental U.S. Um, we're 56 miles away from West Palm Beach. It's a skip and a jump over. If, even if you're coming from, you know, the, the Jackson guys, they were they were coming from uh, Canada. I think two of them were coming from Canada, and they landed in Fort Fort Lauderdale over 35 minutes to Freeport, and boom, you're there. Um, but West End itself is a perfect place for the fisheries because you have so much there. Um, you have deep sea, deep blue fishing, mangroves. You can fish the flats. You can fish right off the beach. Uh, hey, Chuck helped me catch my first fish on on fly. <laughs> uh, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We. Uh, I didn't take a picture we, we, with it, but I got my first one. <laughs> Let's just say, let's just say, it it was it was a stud for the species that it was. It was a it was a puffer fish. <laughs> but hang on a second. So before we go laughing about the puffer fish, let let me real quick let me interrupt here. Behind the resort, uh, or yeah, behind the resort on the let's call it the bay side. It'll be easier to to to, to envision it the bay side. So the flat side, um, there's a series of coves as you walk along the beach uh, to the south. And um, in those coves, there's small rocky outcroppings, little rock jetties, if you will. 
that stick out into the water. And there, I can't even tell you the number of species of fish I saw there, Uh, mainly tropical species, different angelfish and wrasses and things like that. But schoolmaster snapper, French grunts, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And uh, then I noticed these, the school of pufferfish. Like here, if you see a pufferfish, you're like, okay, let me get my plastic out of the way, whatever. And it'd be like one fish, maybe two fish. Sometimes you see three of them together. There must have been like 50 of these things cruising the shoreline together. And they're cool looking. They're like leopard skin looking kind of crazy with orange eyes. And anyway, they, they readily ate the fly. So we probably, I mean, I know you caught the one. I probably caught at the time that I was there. I probably caught 15 or 20 of them just because it was funny to watch them fly in and chase down, down the, the shoreline. <laughs> yeah, just walking down the shoreline. And in between catching Every- puffer fish, you're catching baby barracudas and good-sized barracudas, having your barracuda eaten by bigger barracudas. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but that does uh, get to a point about how how much there is to do for the family, too. Um, you know, Old Bahama Bay, you can find us at obahambayresorts.com and see all our information. We're also on YouTube, Old Bahama Bay Resorts, and on Instagram so you can see our, our footage and people that have come out to, to uh take footage of all, all there is to do. Um, but it's a, it's a resort with 72 units, uh, 62 slips that we can house up to 20-foot, 120-foot uh, vessels. Uh, we have a private 6,000-foot runway on property, customs and immigration uh, office on site. So you can make the crossing on a nice day and check in the customs and then check into your slip and check into uh, the hotel and spend, spend the weekend with the family. There's a full gym, spa, tennis courts, basketball courts. Um, we have an international airport, which is in Freeport, 40 minutes away. So if you know, you're traveling from a little bit further, you can jump on a regular flight and show up in Freeport and uh, be brought right over to, to the resort, which is the last uh, the last spot on that island going west. Um it's just really a great place to bring your whole family and enjoy the Bahamas together uh, with something for everybody. You can, like I was saying, there's a spa. So if uh, the wife wants to get get her nails done right on the beach while she's watching you fish, you can do that. You can teach your kid how to fish while she's getting her nails done. Am I right, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, don't oversell because it, it is a fishing destination too, not just a spa. <laughs> Well, I, I was I was going to take the thunder away from you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's you know, I when I bought in over there um, three and a half years ago, I looked in the Abacos. I looked at quite a few different places over there. I ended up going to this location because it's just so easy to get there, and that was one of my criteria is how to get there. And I looked over at some of the Abacos where you had to do two hops to get somewhere. So, if you wanted to go to Hope Town or Guana, you got to fly into Marsh and take a ferry over. So, getting there, you know, on a stormy day is not going to be all that easy, but What's neat about this is the most popular way to get here is by boat. All South Florida and up to this area, people boat over there. So, you know, it's, um, I know you've heard this, it's 56 miles from Palm Beach County, 65 miles from Seward, and so on. But boating in the summertime is super easy to do. And the typical boat that goes over there in the summertime, flat seas, is your 25 to 35-foot center consoles. And, um, you know, like you said, they got a custom office right there. So you come in, you check in, and you're there. They also sell fuel right there. So it's a one-stop shop. But, um, you know, when I was looking to, you know, where I want to be in the Bahamas, and I, I 
first criteria is there, I kind of get there in one hop. Second criteria is, is there more than one way to go there? Because if I plan to run the boat over there, and I'm um, also the seas kick up, but, you know, that's the time I got off from work and I got to be there, there's other ways of getting there. Yes, you can do a commercial airline down at Freeport, um, but you also got the, um, like you mentioned, the private plane coming right into the resort there, which is really nice because you can land right on the resort, and customs comes right to the air, airstrip and picks you up, checks you out. But um, Florida, also Fort Lauderdale has got a high-speed ferry that runs out every day. And what's neat about the high-speed ferry is you can take a car with you, you can take a kayak with you, you can take a flats boat. I mean, you can take anything with you because it's a, it's a big transport. And then uh, another little unknown um, way of getting there, which my wife likes, is going down to Palm Beach County and get on the Princess Cruise Line. And uh, what that is, it's a um, like a, a second-hand, third-hand cruise ship that's been uh, gone down the chain from the big carnivals down to the private owners here. And it's a small cruise ship, and it goes over to Freeport every other day. So you can buy a one-way ticket, uh, get on in the afternoon, um, spend the day that night on the boat. You get a cab, and you wake up in the morning, and you're in Freeport, and you're there. You get off the boat and catch a return trip, you know, three days, four days, five days later, as long as you want to stay there. So you got a lot of ways of getting to the, getting to the island regardless of uh, the weather or the constraints you might have or budget. And that's the big thing uh, for, for me that I thought was really interesting was um, – you know, all too often as, as fishermen, especially uh, fly anglers, and Alex, feel free to jump in, man, at any time. Um, but as, as, as a fly fisherman, having looked into going fishing in the Bahamas, I've always just said, yeah, that will never happen. Because when you think of fly fishing in the Bahamas, you don't think of going over kind of a, a do-it-yourself style trip because everything that you read on the Internet, everything that you hear – through different fishing boards and stuff, makes it sound like it's almost impossible to do that. Um, and then, you, of course, you run into the lodges, and you're thinking about wanting to stay in a place where you can fish from the same place. And, you know, not all of them, but most of them, for let's just say five days or four days worth of fishing, is way out of most people's budget. Especially, I mean, I, for sure my budget, way out of my budget. And uh, it's not something that would happen for me uh, unless I decided that, okay, I'm going to save for the next five years and then I'm going to do one trip to one of these lodges and go bone fishing with the captain for two or three days. It's going to cost me like five G's for that trip at the minimum. Um, and so when I saw Mark uh, posting all the time about catching bone fish and just fishing in the Bahamas, just hanging out in the Bahamas, you know, I reached out to him and asked him, you know, dude, you gotta you gotta fill me in on like what it is you're doing, and that's kind of how I found out about OBB. But um, yeah, I think that that's that to me is one of the things that makes it so interesting uh, from a kayak fishing perspective, uh, especially now that you guys have uh, those Jackson kayaks uh, on hand. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge addition to what we're able to do and progress. I think what Mark and I had discussed you know, probably a year ago now, um, progress that, that, that motion of making sure we're protecting our, our estuaries over there and having, having people that are, that are, um, that have knowledge of how to conserve and what to fish and what not to fish and, and, you know, hopefully in the long run improve, uh, the same education level for, for the locals so that we, can still have this conversation 30 years later. Um, but to be able to get on one of those Jackson kayaks, which are beautiful, and just 
put your drink down, get in the kayak and go go fishing is to me it's absolutely amazing. I I, I haven't been to many places that are like that where you could actually you know, have your coffee, walk out your door, get off the step, drag your kayak onto the beach, and you're fishing already. And I think uh, Mark, Mark can probably speak a little better to that because he, he knows a lot of, uh, about it more than I do, but I think it's just amazing. Yeah, let me I'll talk a little about OBB here for a second here. Um, I've been going to Obama Bay since probably 2001, uh, at least West End Marina we'll call it. I would check in there back when I was, you know, more in the heavier – I guess I still am the offshore kind of guy, check in, go through customs, then go somewhere else and stay because OBB was, you know, the perception there was it was um, too fancy for me, you know, too expensive, too fancy. You pull in there, you see 100-foot yachts, you get kind of intimidated. You know, we're in a small center console. We check in, we run down to Boodle Bay or some other cool place like that, spend, you know, um, you know, pile five guys into one room with one bed and just go fish all day. Um, but, you know, the perception that Omaha Bay cares large offshore vessels, you know, that's pretty much true. You go in there, you got 100-foot yachts, uh, even the center consoles nowadays. You know, back in the old days, you know, a 31-foot center console was big. Now, you know, you got these 52-foot um, Los Salinas by Hydrosports pulling in. They're big old boats. So what that really means is the entire West End is focused on the offshore guys coming in and, taking, uh, and going offshore. They come in, check in, they go out fishing. The inshore and nearshore is virtually untouched. In fact, I'd go to the point and say it's ignored. I mean, think about this. There's one bonefish captain there that covers 60 miles of shoreline. There's not two. There's not three. But I went to the Abacos and went to that red building. What was it, the Pirates thing, whatever? I mean, they're charging mm-hmm. five grand a week, and they got 20 captains on call, and uh, other guys mm-hmm. are freelancers around there. Wherever you go, you see boats everywhere. You will not see another boat inshore. And, um, I mean, Really, if you think about it, you got the big Bahama Bank by, by down there by uh, Andros. This is the easiest and most direct access to Bahama Little Bank, where the northern westmost point of Bahama Little Bank, and all you have in front of you is all that flat for, you know, basically almost like a 60 to 80-mile radius in front of you. You know, what I've done was um, I spent the last three years experiencing those flats, and I, you know, went over there mostly. Like last year, you mentioned I went over there 13 times. Yeah, I went over there. Whatever I could do on the weekends, I did what I could do to get over there. I did the, I did the commercial flights. I did the private flights. I did the high-speed ferry when I couldn't get a ride. I did the princess thing. You know, I did everything I could. And um, when I got over there, I didn't have a boat. So I was forced as an offshore guy to start wading, to start using stand-up paddle boards, to start kayaking in non-technical kayaks. And, uh, you know, using ladders as, as, uh, as sight stands. And I'll tell you what, when I saw those Jackson kayaks, I was like, damn, if I, if I knew kayaks were this damn fancy, I would have gotten to kayaking a whole lot sooner because those things are just spectacular. But um, there's just so many species there on the, on the flats you can experience. Um, hell, you can catch a yellowtail snapper on fly right there on the flats, which is just incredible. Um, you got tarpon nurseries back up in the flats in the, in the low estuaries. You got triggers and muttons, yellow jacks, you know, every species of shark you can think of, you know, uh, mutton snappers, all kinds of uh, opportunities there. The only fish I haven't caught there yet that's been haunting me um, as much as a bonefish has been haunting Chuck there is a damn permit. So I see him, but I have not yet to get got one to bite yet. I'll tell you what, um, to, to what, speaking to what Mark's saying, um, we were, I was there for five, six days, five days, six days, something like that. And I literally never saw a flat skiff. Didn't see the single flat skiff. Didn't see another kayak angler besides the guys from our group. 
didn't, I mean, as Mark said, it's untouched besides from the, the local Bahamians, and, and they're not fishing, they're not really fishing the area right behind the resort because I didn't see them. I didn't see anybody no, running no, their boats don't. back there doing any fishing, and it's just, it is, it's, it's really, really cool. If you get a chance to jump on Google Earth and just take a peek at where Old Bahama Bay is in relation to the surrounding waters, and I know, Alex, <clears throat> you've taken a gander at it a few times, have you not? Alex got me on mute. He always does. Hey, let me let me let me jump in and say something about that though. So, yeah, you know, I go down to the village and I know a lot of locals there. And uh, you don't know how many locals ask me if they could hold my spinning rod because they've never thrown a spinning rod. These guys have never fished with a fishing rod. When they're in a boat and a snapper fishing, they're hand lining. When the shoreline, they're hand lining. Uh, when I took the Jackson kayaks guys and um, towed them across the bay to the far uh, Garden Key area and put them in the mangroves over there. You look at mangroves, you would not see – there was – no one's probably fished those mangroves with a kayak over there. I know they haven't. Um, there's no fishing line in the mangroves. There's nothing over there. You throw, you throw your lure over there, you can be the first one throwing, you know, artificial up into those mangroves and pulling it back out. Um, that's a pretty cool feeling, knowing that you're the first one doing something. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what, awesome, I, what, what I was at. What I was saying, Alex, is that, uh, you know, if you check this place out on Google Earth, the, the opportunities for the different styles of fishery, whether it be the mangrove areas, the flats, the little bit deeper water, uh, the tidal zones on the beach side, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's really intriguing as an angler to, to kind of wrap your head around all that water. I mean, it's a ton of water to fish. Yeah, it's, um, I'm actually uh, looking at it right now. <laughs> I brought it up while you were just talking about it. It's pretty easy to do, folks. Actually, all you got to do is take your little phone and uh, hit uh, maps and zoom out and then zoom back into Freeport is probably the first thing you'll see and West End. It's um it's pretty amazing when you look at the, the western edge, which seems weird um, to be saying it because of where we sit on the east coast of a of a peninsula. But that western edge of West End and how fast it just plummets off to the deep. And then as you go off to the east and kind of around the point, you know, around the tip of the peninsula or the tip of the island, um, how much kind of backwatery flats and just marl bottom, just for miles that you could, you could explore and check out. Now, what about... Uh, I didn't hear you guys talk much about it. I don't think Chuck, I don't think said anything about it. I don't know if you guys had an opportunity. Has anybody spent any time at those little, I guess, for lack of a better description, spoil islands and bars that go from West end to the North from, from old Bahama Bay up to the North. There's several different islands and, and little, uh, uh, little, looks like little uh, reef edges and bars as you go north from the island. Have you had a chance to go yeah, up around any of that? I, I haven't. Mark has. That's, uh, that's the islands that you can see from the, uh, from the resort, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, our plan was to hit those, Alex. And, um, you know, when we got there with the 25, 30-knot winds and four- to six-foot seas, yeah. that kind of prevented the, uh, the kayaks from heading that direction. And um, 
unfortunately. But uh, those are really neat islands. So the first, each one of them have bonefish on them. Um, the first one, you know, we uh, when I first started going there, I paid some guy in the in the marina there. Um, the guy who runs uh, Eco Tours, Keith Cooper, super nice guy. Um, he runs out. He knows all the islands like the back of his hand. And uh, I said, listen, I'm not looking to do a charter. I just want to be dropped off somewhere and just get my, give you some peace to my, my own time. And uh, uh, he's like, give me 20 bucks. I'll drop you off, and I'll pick you up uh, five hours from now. <laughs> and I was like, here you go. <laughs> and he just, he just dropped me off. And I was out, you know, that's my Zen state right there, walking around that island in ankle-deep water all around and just throwing a fly rod at everything. That's where I caught my first trigger on fly, in fact. That's pretty cool. And uh, sometimes those big flats up there on the islands, they hold a lot of um, sharks that come in. You know, you t- your typical little bonnethead, this and that, and barracudas. But uh, one day we're up there, and uh, I know this whole migration of black tips came in, four foot, three and a half to four foot black tips, and there must have been a dozen to 15 of them coming through for about three or four hours just circling the island. And uh, we just, you know, played catch and release with those guys on 10-pound braid, and that was a blast. But that's right. the thing too. That's the thing too, Alex. Is that you know I went over there with all the fly gear you could ever imagine to try and make my bonefish dream come true, which obviously I blew. But um, if you went over there with a spinner rod, hey Chuck, that and, wasn't your fault, man. That was the wind. Yeah, if you went over there with a spinner rod and some slayers, oh my god, <laughs> like it, it's it's insane the amount of fish that I, I saw with my own two eyes that were cruising past the beach right behind, right behind your room. Like one of Mark's condos, it literally is right on the beach. Like that's where we parked all the kayaks. And you can walk out with a first thing in the morning, coffee in one hand, spinner rod in the other, throwing a jig, throwing a, like a SST or something at, through the grass and, and bust big mutton snapper and all kinds of stuff. It was just, it really is a untouched, in, in a sense, resource, especially for the uh, inshore kind of crowd where you, you don't really want to go out into the blue water, but you're willing to go out and kind of explore a little bit. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I know all I did was just barely scratch the surface in one spot, and I didn't want to leave the one place that I fished because it was just insane to see the number of fish that were cruising through there. I saw a permit, and I saw tons of bonefish and everything else, but um, lots of schoolmaster snappers and things like that. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a place that I think you guys who are listening to the show should, should definitely circle and put on a calendar of some sort or maybe on a, a wish list of places you'd like to go check out because uh, there's just so many options and so many different uh, varieties of species that you can go after and, and, and target. Yeah, if you went for three days, you could do something different all three days, completely different. You go spear fishing one day, you can uh, dive for conch, the next day you're out in the open water looking for wahoos. Then you're in the flats with your kayak, fly fishing. You could really do anything you want out there on when it's when it's hidden. Yeah, you know, and I gotta get some kudos to, to Sergio too, because uh, we're out there sitting one day, and just like you described there, Chuck, um, uh, seeing the water is, or looking at the fish, and all this other stuff. And uh, you know, Sergio is our director uh, over there, and he goes, you know, Mark, um, you know. Uh, this other company XYZ is going to come in here and uh, we're thinking about getting a contract here to bring six jet skis over here, you know, and his first thing was, you know, as from a market, wouldn't that be fun to get some people here? And I said, wow, wait a second, you know, but that's going to disturb all, all the, 
all the pristineness here, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not really on board with that. And uh, he goes, well, we've got to think about something different here if you, if you don't want that to happen. And he looks and he goes, you're in the fishing world. Don't you know anybody with kayaks or anything? And uh, that started the whole conversation of Sergio and I saying, well, let me, let me reach out to some people and see if we can't do something different. And Chuck called me. And I put Chuck in touch with Sergio, and next thing you know, they hooked up, and they brought Jackson Kayaks here, and that totally threw it off. Any contract going to any company with jet skis now, because now we're a kayak destination. <laughs> that's in our charter, and that's what we want to be. So kudos yeah, to Sergio. Well, yeah, you know, I've sure. I've been about sure. kayaks just because in the Jensen Beach area, I've, more, I've caught more fish in here with a, with a kayak than I have uh, on a boat, um, on a motorized boat. So I just thought, why not? <laughs> Mark has to know somebody. <laughs> um, but even then, what's cool is, you know, we, we have different options for the rooms, too. We we have one-bedroom suites, two-bedroom suites. I just looked it up for Fourth of July weekend. It would, if four four guys shared a two-bedroom suite, they would be looking at about $480 uh, a day. I mean... I'm sorry. It, it would be uh, seven seven hundred twenty dollars for for the four days. Um, that's not that's not bad at all. If if you're thinking about a trip to the Bahamas and and you get to jump on the kayak and you bring your own gear and and you can do you 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 can uh, get a bonefish before Chuck does. You know? Yeah, um, you're at, you're at a really? destination and that that kayak for each person. That sucks, dude. <laughs> Did you like that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that, that's well. That's all right. No, listen. While I was there, uh, Alex had had made mention on on Facebook that you know he can send me over a bag of shrimp. So, uh, you know, he was at least looking out for me. Knew I couldn't make oh. it happen with the fly rod. Offer me up some shrimp. I know I know that I could UPS some to that island somehow. Hey, can I tell you a story about my first bonefish? Sure. It has to do with shrimp. I was over in the Marls, and I was fishing with a legendary guide, Buddy Pender of the Penders, which is one of the family names over there. And uh, I never caught a bonefish yet. And he, I said, well, what do I need to bring? And he said, uh, well, you know, if you never caught one before, bring some shrimp. I said, what kind of shrimp? He goes, go buy live shrimp. And as soon as you buy them, put them in a Ziploc baggie and freeze them. And when you get on the plane, just put them in your pocket and bring them on over, or your carry-on luggage. And I was like, I don't know if they're going to let me do that or not. But sure enough, went to Orlando Airport, and they let me do that. And I get there, and we get out there, and I put my little shrimp on a little spinning rod, and I throw it out there, and I, boom, I missed the cast by 20 feet, and the bonefish went over and got it. I said, great, I got my first bonefish. I did that a second time, a third time. And I looked at them, I go, this isn't even a challenge. This isn't even fun. He goes, well, break out that fly rod. <laughs> he goes, I said, okay. So I broke out my fly rod. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a real good fly fisherman. He goes, let me see what you got. And uh, I started throwing my fly like a spin rod. And, man, I tell you what, he goes, oh, son. And he's a white bohemian that talks with a black bohemian slang. He goes, that's not going to work. <laughs> and he came down and grabbed me like he blessed me with both hands around me and started doing the fly motion method. And for the next six hours, he taught me how to fly fish. And I ended up catching about ten bonefish on fly that day. And that was my first I day bonefish. 
But the moral story is the shrimp is not a challenge over there. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that um, I think that one of the things that that we've been discussing. I just, uh, I just seen, I just seen video on the internet. There was like seven hundred sitting right there. I don't know why it's so hard to catch one for you. Listen, do you know how many times I've been tagged in that damn internet, video? All you have to do is clean water, and there's like bonefish everywhere. So, what's up? Listen, out of 30, not win. Yeah, listen, I, I literally have been tagged in that, that video because it's been shared by a bunch of different people. I've been tagged by, by probably 15 different people in that video in the last day and a half. And and I think it's hilarious because that's that just goes to show you how many people know how badly I want to catch a bonefish. Now either they're making fun of me because there was like a thousand of them sitting all together hugging up and having a great time or they're just saying like maybe, you know, you should try this particular area. Listen, the problem wasn't finding bonefish. The problem wasn't that at all. I I saw plenty of bonefish. I just Honestly, between the wind and just me not being able to make it happen, get nervous or whatever, I did hook one and it broke me off. But uh, it just it it just wasn't my particular trip. But then again, um, you know, all things being considered, I, I made I made do when they didn't want to play. So like I caught the trigger fish, I caught a bunch of other different species, and and you know if if I saw something cruising, didn't know what the hell half of it was, but if I saw a fish moving. And I thought for a second it might eat the fly. I threw a fly at it to see if it would eat it. And most of the time it did. So, uh, you know, I had a great time. Listen, I'm going to get my bonefish, and I'm going to get it right there by uh, Old Bahama Bay because that's going to have to happen. That's all there is to it. So. And I'll tell you also, you know what, if somebody goes over and says, I'm going to go catch a, a trigger fish like Chuck did on fly, they're going to get over there. And trigger fish are so skittish, and when they run, they run for 50 yards away from you yeah. and you do a bad cast, you know. You caught the second trigger fish you saw. You hooked up on them, and uh, that yeah. was a great and thing I, right there. I guarantee you, if somebody that. else goes over there to catch a trigger fish, they're gonna not catch a trigger fish, and they're gonna catch bonefish as, as byproduct, and go crap. I want that trigger fish. Yeah, I was pretty pumped on the trigger fish. It was really cool, but uh, but yeah, there's you know what, and so no, I bet, you know, I bet you that trigger fish ate the shrimp too. Oh, I guarantee you that trigger fish would eat a shrimp. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, so with this permit, I bet you, I guarantee you, you put a shrimp out in front of a permit, you're going to eat it. But anyway, um, you know, we were, Sergio, Sergio and I were talking prior to uh, coming on the show tonight, and, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are kind of somewhat in the works, and we're not going to get into exactly what those things are, but, uh, I just want the listening audience to understand that um, what what we're trying to do, or I shouldn't say we, what Old Bahama Bay is trying to do is um, kind of open the door a little bit more for for the kayak fishing community to be able to come over and, and enjoy the place and, and make it user-friendly for the kayaking crowd too. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, not having ever been there, and setting up the, the deal with between Jackson and OBB, when once we got there and I looked at the place, I'm telling you folks, it it is it is for sure a destination that 
I can see us doing things if if OBB grants us permission, like mini boondoggles and uh, kayak fishing tournaments, and maybe even bringing the talking to uh, John Grace and them and see if we can't bring the Adventure Fishing World Championships over there because it it honest to goodness has that feel. It has the 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 pressure of trying to get out and get to a location because some of the, some of the areas that are near the resort are a pretty good haul away, but a pretty good haul away in comparison to what we've, we're, we're accustomed to doing in those types of events. Alex and I uh, know those oh too well, especially down in the Everglades. Um, it's not a big deal, you know, and, and the variety of species would make for an incredible event. So, Definitely, you guys need to keep your eyes peeled and, and keep your ears open to what we got going on here at the show, and then also to uh, through Old Bahama Bay's Instagram and, and their Facebook and stuff like that. So definitely keep up to date with that. Yeah, well, yeah, well I, I hope uh, I, I hope you you all let us back on, and I I think it's going to be the case because man, just uh, I, seeing the enthusiasm that first when I first talked about it with Mark, and then. Chuck and the guys being there, I just don't see any other way right now. Um, you know, we, we have the sports fish crowd that's out there, but they're, they're not rigged to go over on the other side, which is, and, and the kayaks are rigged for both. <laughs> you all can hit the flats and the deep water. Uh, it sounds amazing to me. Yeah. in the same day, but you know, I'd really like to see is, you know, Chuck, you really got to work to uh, put together like the boondog we did up here at Kennedy space center. And um, Cars Park area, you know, do a boondoggle over there. Uh, it's no pressure. It's not a tournament. Just get people over there to experience it and then follow it up. If people yep. want to do that extreme tournament, prior to that, let them come over to the boondoggle and get to know the waters, knowing there's going to be maybe a, the extreme kayak tournament coming up uh, later there, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm, I am game for, uh, for putting something like that together. I know Alex would be as well, wouldn't you? Oh, without a doubt, for sure. There you go. <laughs> you guys, if you you don't even want to be in my world if I don't leave you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm just, if if you were to do a boondoggle, you know, you know, we got six Jackson kayaks there. You know, for people that want to come over and do a package deal with a room and a kayak, that's awesome. But if you want to do a boondoggle and invite say thirty people over, they want to bring their own special kayak. How would they get them over there? What's that? What's that look like? I'm thinking that the think that, uh, the high speed ferry would be the answer. The uh, how many people came, how many people came over for the um, when they did the extreme kayaking tournaments over there in um, Freeport? How many people showed up and how many people brought their own kayaks and how difficult was that for them? Was that simple? Everybody brought their own kayaks and stand by for their most recent numbers. It'll take me a second. Yeah, Alex will look it up. I can tell you that they had somewhere between 20 and 30 people, I think the first one, and then uh, I think it grew a little bit after that. Um, the only thing, and I talked to Sergio about this prior to, uh, again, prior to talking tonight on the show, the only thing would be the logistics of getting the kayak from the ferry to OBB. And as long as we can work that part of it out, then the rest of it's easy. I mean, there's nothing, there's there's nothing that would that would hinder us from pulling that off. I just, 
it would be kind of an undertaking to figure out the lodging part of the situation because, again, if you open it up to where it's more of a – and, you know, I use the term boondoggle. That's Adam and Mark Wananabe's uh, baby. Um, uh, I spoke briefly, briefly with Adam Hayes about it, and uh, he said it sounds interesting talking about an actual – calling it the actual boondoggle. But, I mean, there's nothing to say that Kayak Fishing Radio can't host its own – uh, event over there. We, obviously, we wouldn't call it a boondoggle, but you know, I'll talk with Mark and and and, and uh, Adam and see if they'd be interested in, in getting on board with that. And if not, then we can always just pull our own kind of resources and make it happen. And what we've done in the past that, that made it really interesting when you go to boondoggles, and, and this is kind of why I think that this would be a great step forward in that respect would be. Um, We've traveled as far away from home as Virginia Beach to go up to a boondoggle. Uh, I have. But when, when we put the one on at Cars Park, Alex, we had people from, like, Maine and California that showed up, correct? Oh, yeah. There was people from, like, Japan and New Zealand. People flew in international, 100%. It was nice. It was nice. Once you land at the port there with the with the kayaks, we just we just take the kayaks, dump them over on the other side of the bridge, and let them paddle all the way but over to Omaha Bay. How high speed is the high speed ferry? Can't you just jump a couple miles out and just make your way into Omaha Bay instead of Freeport? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but you know, high speed like thirty miles an hour is high speed like a hundred miles an hour. Because 30, I think I can make it in kayak. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just dive off the back, man. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, slide right off the back of the boat. That is funny. No, but that honestly, that would be the that would be the 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 biggest uh, hurdle to try and overcome would just be that. Um, obviously, there's plenty of space there to fish where you're not going to be on top of each other, um, and uh, there's there's plenty of opportunities to to go into the village and fish like Pelican, uh, Pelican Lake and um, some of those areas back in there and then sneak around the, the point of the jetty if it's calm enough to go out on the ocean side and kind of work along the ocean front flat, if you will, during high tide for those muttons and stuff. Flying offshore for those that feel comfortable enough doing it. And that's the thing about the, the hardcore kayak fishing community is that, listen, these guys know their limitations for the most part. Most of the guys that are out there, they're not going to charge the blue water unless they feel comfortable. But with that being said, Mark, how far, how far out do you have to go off the beach on the ocean side to reach, uh, let's just say, like 600 foot of water? All right, so you're right. That. Uh, all you got to do is go ahead and Google a real dark blue that looks like you could spit to it from, from, the, from the hotel, the real dark blue on the, on the west side of the island that looks like you could throw a rock to it. That's about 500 foot of water. No. You're, right. Close, You're exactly though. right. That blue line, that blue line called, um, is 500 to 600 feet of water right there. And then from there, and it's it gets within crazy. A, within a mile, that, isn't it? Yeah, uh, at a mile, you're probably in about a thousand, twelve hundred feet of water. Jesus. Now, see, that's what I was on. Hey, I got uh, a question, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I just wheels just turned real hard. 
Um, there's something that popped up on the internet not too long ago. It was a mothership. Hey, don't don't put. Don't click on those pop-ups, man. That gets you in a lot of trouble. Okay. Yeah, you got to watch out for that. That's why my phone won't. That's why, that's why I haven't gotten back to you on the answer about how many people were in that tournament last year because my phone won't load anything. Now I'm playing. Um, the uh, No, um, have you, because I know you are a man of the uh, the sword-fighting nature these days, has anybody looked around out there for a nighttime or even a daytime bite? You know, is a it- nighttime bite is, is spectacular, but, um, you know, I do a lot of sword fishing up here, and we go out uh, 65 miles to get into, you know, uh, 1,200 to 1,500 feet of water, 1,700 tops to uh, swordfish, and uh, we're at 65 miles. There you go out, you know, a mile, mile and a half, you're in that water. However, swordfish are prohibited in the Bahamas. You cannot. You cannot so, uh, target. Can you not target, or can you not take? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess the rule is you can't harvest them. Oh, well, harvest is a target. You can release. We're just bottom dropping for some uh, from for some uh, for some snowies and some yellow eyes. Yellow eyes. Yeah, it was yellow eyes. Exactly. They love squid. <laughs> And bonita bellies. Showed up. <laughs> squid and bonita bellies. Uh, staged at 400 feet, no. 500 feet, 700 feet. <laughs> well, Chuck, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There was there was somebody who got there's, you know, in the kayak world, and I hate to go to this tangent because it's really no different than fishing. I've fished in everything under the sun. It's fishing, but. When you're talking about doing some things in a kayak, yes, it is a bit different. Man-sized tarpon in a kayak is different than a man-sized tarpon when you're sitting in a boat. I don't care if it's a little boat or a big boat. Um, so there is differences. But there was a guy that did a, I think he did a hand crank daytime deep drop um, sword out of Louisiana on a mothership trip. Question is, can I do a hand can, a hand crank deep drop there, launching from the beach? Yes, you can. As long as you don't harvest a fish, you can do that. Oh my goodness! This is something I might want to look into. Sergio, Sergio, are you are you <laughs> hearing what we're what we're discussing here? Oh yeah. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like I'm not going to miss that trip either. Well, I mean, it could be done during the day, or it could be done during the night, a little easier tackle and fishing wise. Um, but you know, because but you know, that's the something night- that we were talking about when we were over there. Chuck and I were talking about that. I think Mark, we were talking about. Um, we haven't really done. A, I, I haven't done any any night fishing, and I think it would be awesome over there, especially in those canals back there, Chuck. Mark. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and I can't imagine what the reefs are probably like out there at night. Probably, probably not so. But yeah, I might. We might have to investigate this this a little further. It'd be a little sketchy trying to do it at night in a kayak without a chase boat, maybe. Well, no, you have to have a chase guess, boat. The, the current just rips over there. Yeah, it's smoking. I wonder All if right, you could even quick. manage deep drop. All right, real quick. One of my favorite segments of the show. 
<laughs> What's in the cup? What is in the cup? I will tell you what I am drinking, and if any of you gentlemen are partaking in an adult beverage, feel free to elaborate into which is in your cup. I am drinking, because we're talking about the Bahamas and because I miss it so dearly, a Kalik. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I got, actually, I'm on my third Kalik, so it's, this, is, this night's going to either turn into an utter crap show or uh, it can get really entertaining in about 15 minutes. Alex, are you oh, uh, partaking you, 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 in, the, in, the, in your standard? I am t- partaking in my standard with a twist that that if anybody has been listening to us for a while would know that I kicked my tech, my Coca-Cola habit. So I'm always drinking some Captain Morgan Spice Rum, but uh, doing some ginger ale and a bunch of cranberry juice these days. No Coca-Cola. Your Mark, are you having? You, a, are you, you having clean a clean your battery beverage? with it? It's bad for your tummy. Yeah. Well, Chuck, what I'm enjoying right now is courtesy of your friends from Adventurous. I am smoking a uh, Cohiba Habana Cuba cigar. Now, your friends on the Adventurous, where you caught your first and second tuna, personal best uh, tuna, uh, they gave me a nice Cuban cigar, and I'm smoking that right now. That's my enjoyment tonight. Nice. Sergio, I didn't get the heads doing? up today. I didn't get the heads up. <laughs> I talked to you earlier, and you didn't tell me about this segment, man. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, man. Listen, we uh, we usually we've kind of skipped out on the what's in the cup segment a couple of times now, but uh, it sometimes it can get kind of entertaining to hear what everyone's partaking in. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a good way to pass the time. But, um, yeah, I'm enjoying the click. You know, I'm trying to figure out why there isn't a U.S. beverage company that has imported sands. That imports what? Sands. Sands beer. Sands. Huh. I didn't know that. uh... Yeah, you're right. I haven't Uh, haven't found it anywhere. I've looked. I've looked on the Internet and everything. Tried to order it off Amazon. I couldn't. I couldn't. I can't find it nowhere. Well, interesting, but between Sands yeah. and Kalik, I think that we've that's that's pretty much got the uh, the Bahamian beer side of it covered. From what I experienced in the Bahamas, am I correct with that? That those are basically the two Bahamian brews. The two, the yep, those are the two. And uh, this past weekend, it was a bit of a washout. So as you can imagine, I had a few Kalik gold this past weekend. Oh, you were right, the gold. Right. Right, right underneath that covered covered deck where you where, where we were having a few drinks, Chuck. It was raining, but I was right there in front of the water. Let me let me say something real quick about uh, beverages in the Bahamas and uh, the kind of service that you can experience at Old Bahama Bay. So we were out there on the beach watching Mark uh, be the mothership for uh, Jim Salmons and. Uh, who was it? Who was Jim with that day? He was with. Um, uh, he was with Jen, wasn't he? But yeah, Jen. he was with Jen. Yes, you're right. He was with Jen. So Jim Sammons and Jen come pulling up to the beach. Mark comes up in his skiff and uh, drops the anchor. And uh, one of the one of the hosts there at the um, resort comes walking up with a tray, 
full of uh, what were they called? They were called. Um, it was a the uh, goombe pain pa- the goombe you know, the pain pain painkillers oh, painkillers pain <laughs> that was Harold yeah Harold that was our boy Harold <laughs> yeah he come walking up with a whole tray of painkillers like like uh, and I'm sitting back thinking to myself like this is awesome like this <laughs> this is the coolest thing I'm literally standing with my toes in the sand at the Bahamas looking up at a coconut palm tree like this is the most beautiful colored water I've ever seen. I can't even describe all the colors of blue that you see right behind the place. And here are these delicious mixed drinks brought right to us as we're standing there on the beach. It was just, uh, it was, it was, that was quite an experience to be honest with you. It was really, really cool. And that's the kind of resort it is. We're coming in on the mothership there, which is a, which is a Carolina skiff, 16 foot with a 60 horsepower on it and uh, towing two kayaks coming back in. And uh, as we're hitting the beach, Harold's walking into the water, the tray full of painkillers, go, courtesy of Sergio, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sergio definitely definitely took good care of us. The whole resort, uh, I, I can't even begin to tell you how awesome it was. The food was amazing. The accommodations are insane. Uh, you walk into the rooms, and you honestly – I felt like at least I, I like I don't even belong in here. Like this is ridiculous. Like the night, it, picture the nicest hotel room you've ever been in in your entire life. It's probably nicer than that um, for most of us. So uh, and then again, being able to step outside and just walk over to the water and start casting. Um, there's no shortage of fish to be caught right there. So uh, yeah, guys, please do me a favor and just at least look into it, take a peek at it. Uh, keep your eyes peeled again, as I said, as we move forward, we're going to be trying to come up with a, uh, maybe some sort of a plan to try and get a bunch of people over a, a kayak fishing radio trip of sorts or something like that. There's going to be some, there's going to be some really interesting uh, homework being done by Sergio, myself, I'm sure Alex will join us and Mark as well. Uh, into what what we can do to make the experience that much more enjoyable for uh, those that might would want to uh, head over that direction. That's pretty fair to say, isn't it? Yes, I'm gonna, absolutely fair to say. I'm going to make sure I can do everything I can to, to to make sure that if somebody wants to go do a swordfish and a kayak, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on Alex. I'm going to seal that deal right up to you guys. <laughs> and the, the listenership, you know, they should definitely check out the website, OldBahamaBayResorts.com. The YouTube page is the same, Old Bahama Bay Resorts. You can go there and actually see what what Chuck's talking about. Um, you just uh, the videos that we have, the pictures that we have, it, and if you go on our Instagram, most of it is just our guests taking a picture on a random day with five wahoo that they just got. It's I don't know how else best to explain it. Hey, what about the uh, – hey, Sergio, what about the live uh, cameras you got going on? Yeah, yeah I was going about to mention that. that. You, can, uh, you can click on our live feeds, and you can see what's going on. You can – you'll if, if you click on it enough, you'll probably watch Mark cast off that beach once in a while. <laughs> and who knows? Yeah, so <laughs> – yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really cool options, like as you've heard us describe tonight. Um, 
I can't I can't fully put into words what what this place was like because it's just again it it, it was it it far exceeded my expectations and it opened my eyes to the possibilities of some truly world class kayak fishing that could take place there. Uh, Mark, you showed me uh, a couple of places that were well out into the bay that on the uh, on the tide swings either become high and dry or are pretty close to it that you say are, are are covered up with fish too. So, you know, there's a lot of area out there that, that the Jackson guys and myself didn't get a chance to really visit. And um, just as, as we said before, and as Alex had said, just jump on your maps on your phone or jump on Google Earth and take a peek at this place and look around within just a couple of miles of the of the resort and you'll see what we're talking about. I mean, it's 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 definitely going to be a a kayak fishing destination that you're going to want to go and check out for sure. But what else you got? Anything else, gentlemen? Uh thank you very much, man. I really appreciate y'all having me and uh and I'm happy that that we're on this path cuz it's going to be a cool one. Yes, sir. Uh, and thank you. Likewise, uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be super exciting, as you as you can tell from my constant texts and messages and stuff that I'm I'm all geeked out about it. So, um, looking forward to seeing what what uh what you guys do and and how this all develops. But um, very very exciting times for sure for the kayak fishing community. Um, this is this is a big big opening. In a, in a location that is not that far away. I mean, again, as we did discuss, high-speed ferry ride, a one-day cruise trip over, hop on a, on a commercial flight, or you get six buddies together, you guys can charter a private plane and fly right into the uh, airstrip right there behind the resort. You can even fly into the airstrip behind the resort and look at the, 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 the uh, golf course that never was and... <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, the apocalyptic type community that, that's back there that Mark and I had the pleasure of walking back from. So, um, uh, you know, just uh, keep in mind that this is the Bahamas and, and it is uh, an opportunity of a lifetime to go and, and target species that you might not have a, an opportunity to do in other areas of, of our country for sure. So, um, Sergio, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for your time. We're definitely going to have you back on here soon. As soon as uh, we dial in a few things, let's, uh, let's you know get back together and we'll, we'll uh, put together the show. Awesome, man! Thank you very much, Mark, Alex, Chuck. Thank you, and thank you to the listeners. Yeah, man. And Chuck, I want to we'll thank talk you. Soon. Uh, Chuck, I want to thank you for um, coming out um, to Oklahoma Bay with us. It was a pleasure to host you and the JK crew and the J- JK uh, media crew. Uh, cool guys, man. Great people. Jen Ripple, another unique lady. Um, love her magazine. Um, great times, man. Look forward to the next trip, next, next uh, adventure with you guys. Yeah, man. And Mark, of course, thank you, man. It, you you put you put me in touch with them, and then it all kind of worked out. And uh, I'm glad it did the way that it did. And and, I, and I'm forever grateful for the opportunity. And, and looking forward to uh, what's to come. So. There you go. Awesome. Super, super stoked. Alex, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just I just want to follow you. I don't even want to fish. I just, I just want to float around and drink Sands beer and Calix and watch you 
daytime drop for swordfish. <laughs> I think that would just be so epic. Oh my goodness. I honestly don't get too uh geeked out, so to speak, uh about going and catching something. But I'm really thinking this might be something that's uh one, attainable. Two, crazy as shit. And uh yeah. three, a really good time. Yeah. A really good time. I've never sure. caught a swordfish kid, so I'll probably try to catch one from a boat prior to, so I at least know what I'm expecting. But actually I probably yeah. should just do it cold straight up. Just do it first yeah, day just down. Go cold. Just right down. jump right in and you could do what Mark you know, did. And... I mean, realistically, because I don't have the gear to, to, to hand crank deep drop. I'm assuming to fish 1,600 foot of water with a scope and else dealing into it, you got to have 2,500 feet of line. So I don't have anything that can hold 25. Mark might know what I, what I would need as far as gear. Mark's got, Mark's got gear, Mark. Don't you have gear? Mark's got plenty of gear. Are you still there? Yes, we have plenty of gear. He's like, I'm not letting you put my swordfish gear on a kayak, you crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I was thinking is, I mean, realistically, if you tie, if you actually affix, like, with, like, an anchor system, and some good, like, chain or something that ain't going to break, some steel cable some or some, you know, something, put that sucker on the kayak. It ain't no different than, like, when they stuck Jaws with the barrels. You know, what did he take, four or five barrels? You know, that kayak's got to at least be worth three or four barrels. So, I mean, if it all goes to crap, at least you got the kayak hooked to the fishing rod. And, you know, work it out from there. Yeah, I think this could be done. I don't think this is – honestly, I think it would be better to do at night, but it would just be insane. You'd have to have a chase boat, and especially in that section of water because it's a busy spot, (laughs) um, it'd be a little bit epic. But uh, I don't know, man. Stuff – see, I don't know. I – that's yet another angle it debate. Sounds, to get into. It sounds to What's me up? like something that I I was going to say. It sounds to me like something that the Penn Real Company would really want to hang their hat on if uh, if they were a part of the first unassisted uh, broadbill swordfish catch from a kayak uh, in the Bahamas. So. And and yeah. you know, I just think I think that there's dude. We'll make it happen. Listen, we'll we'll get the gear. Don't worry about that. We'll figure we'll figure that out. That's not the gear's not the hard part. <laughs> the hard part is just making. Dude, it, I could probably honestly go to the gear and uh, and and people would would do it just to see me potentially kill myself trying to catch a broadbill swordfish from kayak. With launching from well, without a boat, there. it's wait till you, wait till you see it in person. It is the it. I've never seen it. I've never seen the ocean like that. I've never been to a place on the planet where it 
when you're when you're when you're wading in in shin to knee deep worth of water, a hundred yards past where you're wading is where it starts to drop, and it's just like it goes from the typical clear water of a, of a flat to a little bit darker of a blue color as it starts to taper off, and then it's just put it to you like this: um, uh, there was a, a big boat tournament over there. Um, while we were there, it was what the heck's the guy's name? Doesn't uh, doesn't matter. Mike Schmidt. It was the Mike Schmidt uh, celebrity invitational, whatever, whatever. And uh, I watched a couple of big sport fishermen that were trolling past us where we were wading. They were trolling well within eyesight of where we were, um, and well within kayaking range. I mean, there's no problem of got, uh, of having a made the trip out to where they were working back and forth all day long and trolling for tunas and, and dolphin and wahoo and such. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely doable. Whether or not the fish show up, it, that's just that's fishing, right? I mean, it's either going to happen or it's not. But on the flip side, if it doesn't happen, then you can always slide on in just a little bit and work over the, uh, the reef and, and the rocky areas for your dinner for muttons and triggers and stuff and groupers. And then uh, play around in the back, do some, some pole spearing for lionfish and, uh, again, muttons and maybe some groupers and stuff. There's tons of yellowtails back there. Um, Mark said he threw a chum bag off the back of the boat while he had uh, Jen and Jim Salmons out there and had tr- had everything from – yellowtails and muttons and uh, lionfish all come up behind the chum bag. So um, there's just, there's just so much to catch and such an interesting uh, variance of, of, of fishing opportunities. Um, so, yeah. So you say you want to go there and you want to go. Lionfish bow fishing charters. Bow fishing for lionfish. Legit. I don't, know if, to, I don't know if you're allowed to bow fish over there. <laughs> Probably what? not. Although you are but allowed to spear lots do that here. Yeah. Well, what would be the difference between a Hawaiian sling and shooting an arrow at something? I mean, honestly, it's kind of the same mechanism. There's no trigger, so, I mean, there's that. So maybe you could get away with it. Nighttime. Ah, nighttime flat stocking. Uh, with a with a with a fishing bow, ah, now you got it. Now you put on some 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 serious lighting on the front. You go around like kind of like you, you would if you were bully netting for lobsters, or or gigging for flounders. And instead of flounders, you're shooting muttons in the head and lionfish. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, then it behind the is a right now. Yeah, honestly, Alex, they've got barbecue grills set up all around the resort that you're allowed to use whenever you want to. So if you went out and killed a few fish, you can clean them right there, and next thing you know, you got your own little barbecue pit you can throw your your fish on. Or if you want to, the rooms have a um, washer-dryer. They've got dishwashers. They've got microwaves. They've got a little stovetop. they got a refrigerator and a freezer. So, you know, it, it's... It's pretty. It's a pretty damn nice setup, honestly. I mean, it's more than pretty damn nice. It's really damn nice. But, and the, it's a five star restaurant. The the chef does a great job. Um, so you know, it's 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 
it's a great place. I know I talked a little bit about it when I got back home, but I, I wanted to get the guys on there on here so they can describe it and talk about it because I mean that's it's it's their wheelhouse. It's what they do. Um, Sergio is the director, um, and you know he's got his hands on all the moving parts, and and Mark is is an intricate part of the whole process, being not only an owner but uh, you know having made relationships over there. And I saw it while I was there. It was really cool to see. Um, the level of respect that everybody had for Mark and, and for Sergio. And it goes both ways. And, and the people were super, super nice. Um, some of the biggest, some of the biggest dudes I've, I've seen in my life besides on the NFL, like, like uh, Ronnie was one of the guys who picked us up from the airport. And uh, he's just a, he's, he's a mountain of a man, but the, the nicest guy. And he, he's one of those. It's like, three days after he initially saw me, he remembered my name and we talked and it was, you know, that kind of stuff goes a long way in my, in my book when you're at a, when you're on vacation and the, the folks that work within the uh, confines of the, of the resort or the hotel you're staying at remember you. I mean, that's, that's good customer service in my opinion. So, but yeah, so folks listening, if you guys uh, think you might would be interested in, in joining Captain Alex and myself over in the Bahamas at Old Bahama Bay um, for a get-together of sorts, shoot us a message. Let us know. Let's get, let's get kind of a, a rough idea of who would be interested um, in maybe making that trip and uh, joining us over there. So I'm sure it wouldn't be a problem to fill 20, 30 spots. So. What else you got, man? Not much, man. I'm just uh, still breaking down gear from fishing today. So. I hear you. Well, we'll call Don't it a night. You, I'm cool with that. Mark, are you still uh, on the line, buddy? Yeah, I'm here standing by. Cool. Well, we appreciate you joining us, man, and uh, – you know, you want to give uh, you want to give uh, Penn or anybody a, a little plug while you're on. <laughs> no, I'm good with that. That's good. Um, I just appreciate you guys coming out and, and Jackson kayaks and enjoying it. And if you hear some background noise, my neighbors just started jamming with some drums and a guitar, and I'm starting to listen to that music now. Can you hear that? I can. Yeah, I can hear that. It sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right mark man we appreciate it we'll talk soon right buddy all right man my pleasure guys take care man see ya see ya mark's good people i want to do the crossing in his boat you know i had a uh and i still might i swear it is because my house is so old and it was one of the first in this neighborhood but my neighbor swears that I have an artesian well. I don't know. I've never tapped my well. It's I, I've never messed with my well in a lot of years. Oh, dude, speaking about that, because I know why you brought that up. Speaking about that, yeah. he, moved the, he moved the redfish in the snook inside. The, the, the want I have for an artesian pond is so extreme at this moment in time. 
I, I could only imagine. It'd be like an Ed Dwyer pond of sorts. Without a doubt. Yeah. Be badass to have like a 30 pound triple tail in a pond. <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, again, as always, I appreciate you being a part of the show and, and putting up with me and, and the shenanigans that we usually go through in the course of an evening. Um, looking forward to what we have to come with this uh, situation in OBB and, and hopefully it'll lend itself well to some other opportunities as well. And, and I'm really looking forward to getting over there and fishing with some of you listeners. So like I said, once again, um, hit us up social media, you know how to find us. Um, most of you guys probably follow us as it is on, on social media and stuff. And we definitely appreciate it. Share our show with your friends. Whenever you see us post about the show and post a, uh, a link for the show, please feel free to share that out as well to your local pages, your fishing groups and that kind of stuff. If you ever have a uh, tournament or a meeting or whatever for your local fishing clubs and stuff, feel free to give us a call and uh, promote that uh, through our uh, audience list, uh, participation level because it would be uh, it would be good, you know. I mean, there's a lot of folks from a lot of different places that listen to the show, so maybe you could help somebody out and gain a few more people in your club or in your group. But with that being said, take kid fishing, you know, the future of our sport. Don't forget your PFDs. And if you're new to kayak fishing and somewhat new to the water, make sure you wear the thing. Um, I think we just suffered another uh, loss of life on the, by way of kayak and no PFD recently. I know that there was another instance over the weekend where I think three kayakers potentially went missing. Um, so thoughts and prayers are with those people and their families, hopefully hoping that they are found safe if they haven't already been kind of out of the loop. But uh, with that, uh, Alex, they want to go on a gui- uh, guided trip, how they get a hold of you. Just hit me up at 321-480-3255 or head over to localinescharters.com and book your trip today. <laughs> good job. And uh, that's it, man. Uh, I don't have any more tuna to eat, which is probably a good thing because birds are starting to follow me around like I am a tuna. So uh, I'm going to go have a slice of pizza and call it an evening. You guys have a great night. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya.